Welcome back, Literary Slummers, to another episode of Shelf Aware, the podcast where we delve into books outside of our comfort zones. I'm Anna. And I'm Em. This week on Shelf Aware, we are kicking off a brand new submission unit, which was sent to us by James. Thank you, James, who suggested that we get into the world of weird westerns. And he gave us a list, several, several books, which we are Mm -hmm. uh, combing through to decide how to structure the rest of this unit. Um, I have a couple favorites just based on titles alone. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But we started with uh, one that he said was a good introduction, I guess, to the genre, though not necessarily like the best example of the genre, Mm -hmm. um, which is Beneath the Canyons by Kira Halland, book one of the Daughter of the Wildings series. Yes. What do you think of this book, Anna? You know, I can see what James was saying about mm-hmm. it being like, here is a, a good example. Like, here are the tropes you can expect. Here's the Western aspect. Here's the weird, the fantasy aspect of it. But also, like, it not being maybe the the standout of the genre. But easy enough to dip your toes into and get, like, the feel for it. It's a very politic answer. Yes. Well, you know how here on Shelf Aware we <laughs> Very nice people all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I'll say it then. Uh, This was not my favorite book. (laughs) I'm like, I'm totally here for this genre is the thing though, right? Yeah. I I don't know. You sounded skeptical still. I'm totally here for it though. I think I am going to be the skeptic for this genre as I am for so many genres. (laughs) That's unlike you. (laughs) No, I know. Um, Okay. So genre specifically. I think my concerns going into this genre, and I thought I was going to save all of this for episode two, but I guess we're going to kick it off today because this we're book doing is, it is now, making live. it happen. <laughs> my concerns for this genre is that having my main knowledge of what this genre could be, be influenced by Western film and my opinions on those, which generally my opinions are on those are that they draw on a lot of the things I don't like specifically like the uh, idea of like the very, the rugged individual who is better than everyone else, which is a thing Mm. I don't like, but is very common in Western film. The idea of like the wild versus civilization and civilization being like something that kind of destroys masculinity, which is a thing I don't like. Um, and also just generally the idea that there's like maybe one named female character in any given <laughs> Western <laughs> that film is true. and also the treatment of minorities. And I thought, okay, weird Westerns though. It's going to be more modern. It's going to have fantasy elements. Maybe it will get into that stuff and like deal with it in like a new and unique way. And, and I'm sure also like modern Westerns and modern Western fiction deal with this stuff better than like westerns from the 40s which is what my main like knowledge of the genre is but this book man (laughs) what is this okay 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 there were things to like about this book i thought it was fairly well written i thought it and it's like an independent which you know yeah self-published kindle title and it's free the author said they want it to be as free for as long as Amazon will allow it to be free. So if you would like to go pick up this book at no cost to yourself, do it. 
there's this is like a good intro to the genre i feel like kind of all of the hallmarks of the western movie were here in terms of the the like thematics and like the the place setting i thought was very well done yes yeah i thought um it it felt very like in my mind what i imagine is like very quintessentially Mm -hmm. western like you could kind of feel like okay so this is probably what the town looks like in your mind and there's probably like you know a really muddy throwaway but then there's horses everywhere like you know just like how the saloon looks like you can get a good picture in your mind of like what this place is supposed to be um i thought so yeah i thought like the place setting made it feel very western and then the world building made it feel very fantasy which i liked i like that mix i liked it in theory Mm. but in practice practice. (laughs) not even like because we will get into my individual issues with this specific book but one of the things that I was having trouble with was that like the way this is set up is like there's a magical land where magical people are and there's magical schools and stuff and that's where the guy is from and he's come to the west which is like the wildings or whatever to like uh, hunt down rogue mages and then all of this stuff kicks off and he keeps talking about like oh if I'm not careful we'll have to send the girl the main character like back to the magical school and she'll have to deal with like all of the politics there and I'm like that sounds way more interesting than That's what we're true. doing here I that is true she did tease a lot of really cool things stuff. <laughs> so I don't which is why I'm a little concerned about the genre as a whole because I'm like Maybe mm-hmm. I'm just not interested in the Western aesthetic, you know? Mm. Which surprises me because it is a little bit of that scruffy thing that you like. Listen, I do love the scruffy thing that I like. <laughs> I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast before. I don't think we have. But I do have a theory of sexuality based on scruffy versus spiffy. Uh, mm-hmm. Which so like if and it, it's good. It's a good one. It's, like, a way to decouple the idea of, like, sexuality being based on gender. So, like, it's a good, like, theoretical framework if you want to, like, queer your, you know, life. But uh, (laughs) it's basically... if So if you were to plot that against, like, a Kinsey scale sort of thing, I'd probably be, like, a one or a two. Like, I'd probably be a two, right? Which is, like, Mm -hmm. almost all scruffy. But Mm -hmm. I can go spiffy on occasion. Mm. And see, I'm the opposite, though, but mm-hmm. without any scruffy. Yeah. So you'd be really like a five. Yes. I get like super distressed when characters in movies get dirty. So, and like, I love I just, it. I don't. I don't. I'm like, please, you need to get into the shower. <laughs> when they're like covered in dirt and blood. I'm like, mm, yes. yes. Or like when you're watching, say, a western or like westworld and everyone's just been like riding around on their mm-hmm. horse for days and has been sleeping outside and i'm just like Oof. y'all smell yes terrible. they smell dank give it to me no <laughs> they smell like bo and piss probably uh yes <laughs> um anyway so yeah it, it is a little it is a little weird but i don't i guess maybe i don't mean the aesthetic of it in terms of like like looks because yeah i guess in terms of looks it is kind of my aesthetic right of like scruffy Mm -hmm. men and like women sometimes wearing pants and when they're supposed to be wearing dresses and isn't that scandalous like (laughs) then you have to take in like the whole political yeah as well which is not always the best 
Yes. Um, and that kind of mm-hmm. gets more into the book itself, which I guess means we should. I was going to yeah. move us to the plot. But first, who would you recommend this book for? Um, I would recommend this book to people who are fans already of like Western romances. Um, If you like maybe like Amish romances. I was going to say Amish romances. <laughs> <laughs> not that this is like a re- religiously not that this is a religious book but there's something very like Mm -hmm. wholesome about it to me that is kind of along the same veins i imagine i've not read an amish book personally but that (laughs) it feels amish yeah (laughs) the taste the feel it feels like if you as a person who is not amish does enjoy amish romances you might enjoy this book as well this is a good question does anyone who's actually is anyone reading Amish romances actually Amish? I, 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 I don't assume know. know, right? So it's like a weird fetishy thing, right? Like A little bit, yeah, to this like very puritanical hmm. setup. But I don't know. Who are you recommending this one to? Amish romance readers, man. I think oh, yeah. you hit it right on the head. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. That <laughs> There's just something about Kyra Hallen's writing about sex and Mm -hmm. romance in this book i was just like i i feel a little bit like i'm reading christian fiction yeah and there's nothing wrong with christian fiction no Um, it's just it's just when you're reading like a fantasy yeah it was a weird vibe of like yeah yeah yeah. weirdly coupled with this idea of like people who believe in science are wrong and Mm -hmm. bad and we should appreciate the gifts that god the gods god has given us yeah, you know. <laughs> it was just there was something weirdly regressive about this book, and I don't, I can't quite, I can't quite put a finger on what it was. <laughs> we'll get into that. <laughs> uh, I do have, I want to share my weird fact though before we get mm, into this. Having it. said all that about the writing style of the book, what do you think? What music? This is taken straight from her FAQ on her website. What music do you think Kyra Hallen listens to while writing? I mean, my my instinct is like, okay, here's my thought. Mm-hmm. This is a very roundabout train of thought, and I want you to stay with me. All right, all right, all right. I think she listens to something akin to Muse because... That is Stephanie Meyer's favorite band, and I feel like they're coming from a similar, similar place. A similar. Why is Stephanie Meyer's favorite band Muse? That's so disappointing to me, as someone who also listens to Muse. loves My Chemical Romance, and they Ooh. and asked them to do a song for a movie, and that's why they have that song Vampire Money, where they're like, "We don't want any of your vampire money," because they that's didn't want to be involved. That is hilarious. Anyway, so what type of music does she listen to? Mostly alternative rock and symphonic See? metal. See, it's she a has thing. A f- Alt rock <laughs> is like a thing for this, like this, style she goes of writing. Another layer, though, she goes another layer. She has a fondness for female-fronted European metal bands like Nightwish, with Intemptation, Delane, Edenbridge, Visions of Atlantis, and Zandria. But there are also some male-fronted bands like Morass, Seven Wonders, Rainy Camelot. But she also likes Evanescence, AFI, Angels and Airwaves. MCR, The Killers, All American Rejects. But I was just like, I was not expecting female-fronted European metal bands. This makes perfect sense to me because my high school boyfriend, who is like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
the same sort of like not super Christian, but like kind of those like this kind of vibe, right? Of like, yeah, like not Christian, but very traditional values. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like that vibe. He was also into like Swedish metal bands. That's so weird. Um. All right. Well, now that we've digressed into the author's musical choices, let's get into this actual book. Yes, let's let's talk Beneath the Canyons mm-hmm. by Kira Halland. Kyra Halland? I mean, Kira Halland. Yep, that's it. That's the one. <laughs> it's a fantasy name. <laughs> so Silas is a rogue mage hunter, which ma- essentially makes him a bounty hunter for mages. And he is following a strong magical signature that he has picked up in the town of Bitterbush Springs. A good name for a town. <laughs> a very good Western name for a town. <laughs> Um, an important world building note is that though there is a whole population of wizards and mages who seem to have a pretty advanced society, um, the settlers out in the wilds hate wizards and will kill a person if they can find out they can do magic. I didn't understand. I I didn't either. Is see, and this was another big com- okay, like big complaint number one about this book. I never understand why. In a world of magic where people can do magic and therefore, like, can just blow you up and whatever, (laughs) why gender roles would be as they are in our world? Like, that seems wild to me to for it to be like, yes, hey, literally anyone can like develop these skills if that's the case like there are systems where there's like gendered magic and stuff like that and that can be like an excuse for why genders are treated differently and whatever but like if the situation is if you are from these bloodlines where you have magic and it doesn't matter what your gender is and you can be you know whatever gender and be able to summon these magical powers that make you like (laughs) able to blow people up i don't understand why we would still have such like very clear-cut gender lines right and this book does and i don't think it like i'm just like this is so weird to me that like it's a world of magic but it's still like 98 percent of the characters are men and they're all Mm -hmm. like ranchers and miners and all of them are men and then then there's like the prostitutes at the saloon i'm like this is so strange (laughs) i yeah i agree it was very um it was very old-fashioned and it like leans super heavily into western stereotypes in that regard Mm -hmm. and this book i think it was written in 2014 so it's like it's not it's not like this is an older yeah book either i don't know man (laughs) where the women at and not even like where the women at but just like like I I don't know. It just it just I don't. I, where where are the progressives at, man? Yeah, I don't get like not even Silas. I don't get how you can be like I'm gonna create like I I went into this assuming it was like set in our old west, but with magic, yeah. and which would be super cool, right? Which in which case I'm like okay, cool. So we already have the gender roles and whatever, and we're not gonna change it because that would be too confusing. Mm-hmm. Like whatever, I can get on board with that. But like this is a completely different universe. That is not our universe where the countries are totally different and the political structures are totally different right. and the science is totally different and people have magic. Science is bad. But like women are still expected to marry who their father says so that their sons can inherit the 
ranch. Like, I don't understand why we're doing this. People have magic and can blow each other up. Why does it matter who has a (laughs) uterus? Like, it's so weird to me. And also, I mean, while we're talking about the uterus, too, this very, like, the... Like, the weird birth control that the mages do, I guess, about, like, strengthening the bloodlines through eugenics, basically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep, that's a cool one. they did it in a way, too, that they were like, well, if someone doesn't have a lot of magic, we will pair them with someone who does. So it was just, like, this weird, like, everyone has has a block on their fertility until they're married to the person that the mage council has decided they can marry. And then it's released. And then if their spouse dies or if they get a divorce or if, I guess, they reach an age where they just don't have any more kids, they put the block back on and that's it. You can't have babies otherwise. It's <laughs> this whole, it's so it doesn't make sense because they're like, Silas is like, we're ju- I'm jumping so far ahead and I'm so sorry. We are. Because, well, I mean, it, it's, <laughs> there is a br- big preoccupation in this book about wanting to have children. Yes. The main, the main, the only female character is obsessed with wanting to have babies. So, like, th- that does become a problem, I assume, later in the series. Yes, and I will say I did actually kind of like that as a setup of, like, that being a thing that could be conflict for this couple down the line, yeah. right? Of it mm-hmm. being more than just, like, eh, do I love you or not being like, okay, but I love you, but you can't have kids with me right now. And that's what I really yeah, want. It's illegal like, for us to have kids. Like that's and, at least yeah. kind of an interesting conflict, right? We didn't get too much into yes. it in this book, but I thought that was like an interesting this source is, of conflict. Yeah. But the setup of this, like, so they're like the mage council takes off the block once you get married, but they're cool with you like fucking randos and maybe impregnating like random, like non-magical people. Like, that's Uh fine. There's no, like, taboo against that. I'm like, this doesn't make sense for them to be, like, this invested in, like, having the controlled bloodlines. But then also they're like, if you want to, like, hook up with a slave, because there's slaves in this universe, too, which is cool. If you want to hook up with a slave (laughs) or a servant, that's fine. We're not going to, we don't care about that. I'm like, you can't have it both ways. You can't be like, it's totally you can't have children outside of marriage unless you are married and then you can have in which case children i guess go just ahead. go for it stop. it's cool we're not gonna do anything about it those offspring will be looked down upon but whatever like surely it would make more sense for it to be like a ma- since it's magic and we're just making up the rules anyway for it to be like magical birth control that like it has to be a specific partner for it like you get like yeah you get a best friends forever locket with your assigned <laughs> spouse and only when you place them together can you knock each other up like you know we <laughs> your dick becomes keyed to only one vagina <laughs> your sperm can only be released if you are inside the one woman you have designed to be with this is getting into some very severe fetish territory <laughs> <laughs> So there's weird stuff going on <laughs> with sex and reproduction in this book. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> we when won't Silas move on. We're going to keep coming back to it. Yeah, it keeps coming back. When Silas gets to this town, he finds himself in the middle of a shootout between some ranters and some miners. Classic. Like pickaxing miners, not <laughs> children. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
<laughs> I just feel it's important to clarify in an audio That's fair. medium. That's super fair. Uh, there are some hostilities between the groups because the miners keep digging on the ranches without permission, mm. which, like, yeah, that's, like, a super valid complaint. They're basically, like, stealing from these ranchers, right? And also destroying their land and harming their livestock and all kinds of stuff. So, like, But no one can own the land, Anna. <laughs> the land owns itself. Isn't that the, the, like, miners thing is they say something, they're like, oh, you don't own the ranch. You just ranch there. And I'm like, well, yeah, nobody owns anything until, like, ownership (laughs) is a construct. (laughs) Like, what do you mean? These communist miners. (laughs) Like, yeah, they say they own it and they're going to shoot you in the face if they come on their land. I guess they own it, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So during this shootout, Silas picks up on a woman, Lainey who happens to use magic to shield herself from the bullets. And Lainey is an untrained mage that was born in the wilds, which is a different place from the magical island place where Silas is from. Which might also be a different place from Ganadia. I which don't is know. Another I don't place know. that has too the many A's in the name. The of the situation I is all over the place. <laughs> There's a gap you have to go through mm-hmm. in order to get to the wilds from... Granadia, 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 But also, like, that's not the only place where people have magic. There's, I guess, there's like a magical half of the world and then a western half of the world. So this this world is very divided. Because I get the feeling that they don't ride horses or have ranches in the magical area. I feel like it's just like a city. <laughs> They're like on their laptops and cell phones all the time. <laughs> yeah, I, I. Because there's kind of, like, the implication that, like, non-magic... Because there are non-magical people in the magical half, right? Because that's, like, the servants and the slaves and whatever. Mm -hmm, Because that's what mm -hmm. Silas says. That, like, oh, his skin is dark, so he's clearly island-born, which I can't even begin to unpack this. Um, But... (laughs) But it could look like he just got a good tan, so he passes. Except then later, everyone's like, no one would ever mistake your tan for being a tan and not for being island-born. I guess Silas... Was just wishful thinking. I guess. But he he says something like, oh, people would assume that he was like a descendant from like servants on the island or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. Not a mage. Not a mage from the island. So like there's like mages and like servants in the non-magic half. And then there's like, I guess everyone in the mat or no, sorry, mages and servants in the magic half. And then like. In the non-magic half, it seems like no one has magic unless they came from the non-mag or god damn it from the magic half. <laughs> but like that doesn't make sense because later on in the book right. we find out like, oh, people have different magic based on where they're born. So like surely people can just have magic wherever. I don't know. The magic system in this book could use some work. It was confusing. Yeah. <laughs> Lainey is also not the mage that Silas is after because she's too weak or something. But Silas is still compelled to either take her to the magical island place to go to school or strip her of her powers, which will leave her a shell of a person. And Silas doesn't like either of these options because he is like a different kind of mage. He's not like all the other mages. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't want Lainey to be ruined by the mage school. So he just decides to ignore the problem. (laughs) (laughs) He also is like, almost immediately, 
I can't possibly turn Lainey over to the mage school. They'll take away everything beautiful about her and they'll stamp down her creativity and uniqueness. I'm like, you what just are you met about? her. You've only looked at her. You just You've met only- her. You need to chill. Like You've only just looked at her. And it's so funny because then at the end of the book, he's like, she's not really that pretty, but like, she's pretty for here. <laughs> She's a Wildings 8, a Granati II at 4. <laughs> Poor Lainey. Oh, Lainey. <laughs> Meanwhile, Silas back goes at the around ranch. town. Oh, no. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, <laughs> he goes around town asking some questions about the shootout. And Silas finds out that a man named Cardin is paying a shit ton of money for these miners to dig up a special ore from the ground. And supposedly he's digging it up for scientists to use in their science or something. Because there's also, there's a magic half of the world, a non-magic half of the world, and then a science half of the world, which is completely separate from the other two. So, like, what is what is appealing about the wilds? If you don't have magic or science, why would you live you in the wilds? You get to live by your own laws, Anna. This is always the thing with Westerns. With all those sheep humpers. It's the beautiful, the beautiful freedom that the West calls to a man's spirit and makes him want to leave society and go West. And also there's like a lot of colonialism, but we're not going to talk about that. A lot of colonialism, that. a lot of white man's burden. <laughs> and everyone is a sheep humper is the thing though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's like the, the insult is slung around so much in this book. And it's like, Almost every chapter, someone is a sheep pumper. I wonder if had you did you did you do a Kindle search for sheep pumper? I did not, but let's, let's do, do it, it right now. Let's do it live sheep. on air a week. I'm after. just gonna look for sheep. One, two, three. Why is it taking so long? Four, five. I'm just gonna Google humper. Well, you're not gonna pick all of them up because a lot of them aren't humper; it's humping. So we've got. Oh, just look up hump. We've got. Uh, I don't know why Kindle, it's not indexing for me, so I cannot. Sheep humping idiot. <laughs> that was one hell of a defense shield that sheep humping son of a bitch Cardin had thrown. You're going to have to stick with humping sheep, Gobby. Uh, oh, or yourself, since the sheep won't have you, continues that insult. <laughs> Save it for the sheep, asshole. Damn lazy sheep humpers. Ain't no sheep down here, so maybe they's humping each other. And finally, I should have killed the sheep humping son of a bitch when I had the chance. <laughs> so it's not quite every chapter, but it's definitely a, a favorite of the author. It was a lot for the length of the book and the quality of the insult. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Speaking of both magic and science in this book, I do have to ask you, why why do they measure time in nine, nine days? days? Because, it's one word, nine day. Because it's different and they don't have weeks there. There was a lot of that in this book. It was very neuromancer. And I can't hate on that in general because, like, I get it. You're trying to create your own world and whatever, where they'd yeah. be like, it's kind of like this, but it's not. So we're going to come up with our own like, word for it. Because, like, you know, there's a different rotation to the planet yeah. that they're on, probably. So I just need you to know that this is not Earth. So they have nine yeah. days. Because that was another thing. At one point, they start talking about, like, the food they're making and they make up, like, a whole bunch of, like, I say they, the author makes up like a whole bunch of different like foods and like herbs that might be found in this wilderness, but then it's all to season the beans. And I'm like, oh, so it's still beans they're eating. (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't know why that was that was just funny to me. Like I guess it, it makes sense because it's not like she said like kidney beans. She's just like beans in general, and beans uh-huh. is kind of like a you know general term for a lot of different foods. So I mean, like yeah, I guess I guess it'd be the same as like fruit or like the meat or something like that. But it just seemed really funny to me that it was like she picked the star flower to shake over the salted orange leaf plant and threw it all in with the beans. <laughs> I'm like, all right. <laughs> oh, man. Still eating the same old food. Still got sheep and cows. Oh, yeah, that's true, too. They didn't have, like, malurples. Malurples? <laughs> I'm a malarpal herder. It's hard to come up with a sheep akin name. <laughs> malarpal. <laughs> what sound does a malarpal make? Old McDonald had a farm. And on that farm, he had a malarpal. <laughs> with a. <laughs> and a. <laughs> Here. Here. <laughs> Everywhere. (laughs) Kindergarten classes across the wild. All singing that at the same time. It's kind of like a growl, but mixed with like a meow. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Malarples. So, or is supposedly for scientists to use in science world, but it's not. Um, and also there are some creepy night terror goblins that run around town at night that are like trying to force themselves on women and otherwise disturb people's sleep. But, you know, that doesn't really matter to the plot. And never really gets explained. They're just kind of like, no, oh, yeah, the ore touched the air and it made them do that. I guess it's like the souls of what what the ore is that we'll talk about later. But like it just got know. out, I guess. I guess. Yeah, I guess the, the, creep, the creepy night terror is just fucked off. I don't know. And also, also, Cardin and his boys are planning on heading into the mountains to find more of the ore, which everyone hates because that is where the Ayamat. Okay, when you have a fantasy setting and you put an apostrophe in a word that's supposed to be a fantasy world, is it like, how do you, are you supposed to pause there and then repeat the next sound or do you just... Go on through uh, like uh, interaction. I think I think it would be a uh, ayamat. Uh, like I think it's uh, like uh, it's because it's, it, it's, it's like uh, if it was just a a to like it's different than a double vowel, right? Because a double vowel right. it changes the sound of the vowel. So I think it's like the okay. apostrophe is to make sure that you understand that it's not a double vowel. It's like a break. I think. Okay. But I also hate when people do that in fantasy novels. So ayamat. <laughs> uh, uh, you have to say it like that too. You can't uh, oh, just yeah. say it in normal conversation. Like uh, oh, yeah. these these ranchers out here fighting against the ah uh, you uh, mat. <laughs> like that doesn't roll off the tongue for them. These ranches out here fighting against the ah uh, you uh, mat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and there's like some soft tinkling in the background yeah, yeah. and the wind blows. Uh, uh, you, uh, you it's uh, like a fucking like, perfume commercial. Which is probably why the ranchers don't use the proper name for the Ayamat. Instead, yeah, referring to them only by a racial slur pretty much through the entire book, which is Blueskins. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like that Washington football team, yes. but a different color. So let's talk about this. I don't care this. if your skin is black, <laughs> white, or blue. This felt 
very, and I told you this, this felt very much to me like the author was like, I like Westerns. I'm going to write a Western. Westerns always have Native Americans. I know I can't do that because the portrayal of Native Americans in Westerns is almost always terrible and usually panned by people who are from those groups. Um, So I'm just going to do the exact same tropes. And the exact, exact, but make them blue, and that will be fine. And it's super not. <laughs> it's super not. <laughs> it's super not okay. And it makes me worried for this genre if this is what we're doing in 2014. Like, I think I have hopes. Like, I do. I think. I think. I think it's just. I want to say right now. I think it's just this author and this book. It's just you can't. You can't. <laughs> you can't and you, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. This was... <laughs> and I mean, there was no reason for it, right? Like, I, I, like, there was no reason for it to be this. You... It, it, mm, if you're mm. going to go to all this trouble to change it so that they are blue-skinned mm-hmm. instead of... <laughs> instead of stereotypical what this... Let me start over. If you're going to go so far as to create a new race of people that are blue in order to avoid the racism usually present in this situation, you cannot then go on to call them savages Mm -hmm. and have your characters ask if they are really human because Mm -hmm. they don't look like them. You you cannot do it. You can't. (laughs) You did, but you can't. Um, you sh- should not. Th- you also okay. The th- there was. It didn't go anywhere, right? Like I was, I was holding out for hope that this was going to be some decon, like some poorly handled deconstruction of the use of Native Americans in Western fiction, right? Like, mm-hmm. but it just wasn't. It was just straight up what it says on the tin. It was just the Native American yeah. stereotype that is in Western, Let's, like, 1940s Western movies. Let's read their description. So this is the first time that they get a really good look at the Ayamont. <laughs> so, <laughs> even in the dusk, their dark skin had a distinct bluish tone. Their snow-white hair was bound in multitudes of braids. Five of them were only long leather leggings. The other two, women, also wore sleeveless leather vests. Men and women alike were solidly muscular and heavily armed with short curved swords, hunting knives, short spears, and bows and quivers of arrows slung across their backs. I get that she needed something to be the threat out in the wild, that they didn't want Cardin to go into the wild because of the threat that would bring to the village. But it's like, Mm -hmm. that's literally the setup of like so many... (laughs) westerns with native americans that i'm just like you're just doing that but you painted them blue i don't understand why you thought this was a good move it wasn't yeah if you if you want to have a fantasy, it could have been a fucking dragon. It could have been a dragon. It could have been an actual like Elves. culture of of uh, Ayumat that you came up with that wasn't just yes. copy paste Native Americans. It could have been it's Avatar. It's Avatar Native Americans. Yes, you, you could have been like fucking another like group of settlers that hated them or something. So they yes. had the treaty with mm-hmm. them. Like you didn't need to do this. The, or it could have just been some mysterious darkness that was out there. Like you didn't need to make it this. Why did you do this? 
And then it, it goes nowhere, right? Like, it's not like... It's really... Their presence here in this book has... There's no point to them. And unless they... In, further on in the series, because this is the first book in a series, maybe they do stuff, but... They're just kind of like a vague, nameless, shapeless threat. Because, like, there's not any Ahayamat characters, right? Like, it's not like... <laughs> right, right. We get any... None in, of them are named. Right. We don't get any interiority from them. They're just like... The Ayamat are dangerous and they're going to hurt us and they're just a vague threat, right. which again is historically the role that Native Americans very problematically played in Westerns. Like I don't, you can't just do the exact thing and paint them blue and use a bunch of racial slurs and against use them. the exact same racial I, slurs I, against it's, them. It's bizarre that you would choose to do this. Like you're aware enough to know you can't do it, but then you just did it anyway. But then you do it. You're just like, it's you're fine. Like, I turned them blue. Like, no, it's not okay. Oh my god. It was it was so it was upsetting. It was. Uh, I I think and I don't know if you were like along the same lines, but I was like, you know, this book I can we'll see where it goes, but it's not terrible. And mm -hmm. then they're like, but the blue skit and I was like, mm. Yep. That was pretty much when I again, like I gave it a little bit of time because I was like, it might be trying to make a point. Maybe there's gonna be like a character who's like a blue skins character who's an ayamat who like will become mm -hmm. important and like teach us something about not being racist. But like that Now they're just the boogeymen. Yeah, they're just they're I mean like the, probably more feared than the actual night terror goblin. To be fair to the author, because I don't wanna like whatever, she does make a point to have the good guys all be like they're people just like us and they deserve to be treated well and not yeah you know shit yeah. on but that doesn't change the fact that wasn't the prominent conversation right about it them. wasn't the prominent conversation and it wasn't the it, it's again it's like it's painting over it right it's like it, it's almost like she's acknowledging that there is a problematic stereotype, but not engaging it, engaging with it in any way that is meaningful. Because again, there are no named characters of this race. They are just the shapeless, nameless flood of people who are out in the the wild, who are scare, who are scary and unknown. Mm -hmm. It's like if you, to speak on a group that I belong to, I guess. And so I don't like, you know, use a stereotype from a group that I don't belong to. Uh, if I wrote a book and there was like one by character and that by character was like running around, cheating on people, like just having all the sex being promiscuous and like, didn't have, like was just kind of in the background doing this and was causing trouble for like the main characters. Right. Yeah. But then like the main characters were like, you know what? She probably has stuff going on in her life that makes her act this way. It's like, no, that still is a problematic portrayal. <laughs> yes. You can't yes. just like, ugh. You don't get to check the box there. Yeah. Yeah. It's and then also if like I didn't call them bi, I called them like scruff sexual. <laughs> <laughs> TM, 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 TM. <laughs> oh man don't let anyone steal your uh sexuality uh measurement you're right tool it's away. very important and you scientific guys, don't steal it <laughs> it's, it's m's <laughs>
Anyway, the, the, the settlers have a pact with the Ayamat to not go into the mountains or else the Ayamat will come down and slaughter everyone. Cool and, and good. And magic. Super cool. So Silas decides that he needs to get some answers from Lainey and also figure out how to deal with the problem of her being an untrained mage. Because if the mage council finds out that he knew about her but didn't do anything about her, they could both end up being executed or something. So, okay. Sure. Uh, it's just like again it just seems like the mage council is like this super terrible thing and we should be dealing with that and like this should be a book about like going to defeat the mage council instead of it being like fuck off we're going to the west like i don't know i i don't yeah maybe it will be maybe i'm not gonna keep reading to find out but i feel like (laughs) a lot of like western vibes in general are like society is so corrupt i'm going to go where i can be wild and free and that's not a thing that appeals to me i'm always Mm -hmm. like no stay and fix it what are you doing you don't just get to fuck off with the jackalopes yes i also don't care for that i always want there to be conflict and villainy and not being dirty (laughs) so if you can stay and wear clean clothes every day fight fight the patriarchy (laughs) cleanly silas reveals himself to laney his wizardly powers um and tells her that he knows her secret that she's also wizardly uh but he doesn't want to tell her what he has he doesn't want to tell her what he has to do to her if she is a wizard and instead asks her to take him to the ranch so he can see the areas where the miners were digging and so he can investigate the ore. And they find some. And Silas gives Lainey a lump of the ore to hold because I guess the thing about this magic system that we kind of hinted at before, every wizard has a connection to the earth where they were born that allows them to sense the magic in the earth. I don't know if that's where they get their magic from or if this is just like some way to commune with nature or something uh but silas figures that because laney was born there she'd be able to discern some more facts about this thing that came from the earth than he would be able to mm-hmm. and when laney touches the ore she gets pulled down into this darkness and she can't let go of it and or she can't let go of the ore that's in her hand and these voices are talking to her and they're like join us sister let us absorb your power and use your body as our vessel and she's like Nah, man. She definitely should have done it. Though. That would have been right. You know, you know, you make fun of me for always wanting the bad guys to win, but it's I not agree. that I she want should've. the bad guys. First off, there were no bad guys in this because I didn't. The stakes were the bad guys were sex. <laughs> You're right. My bad. <laughs> sex out of wedlock was the bad. Except guys. not because they do boink before they get married, and it's not a problem for but anyone. But it's a big stressor for her afterwards. That's true because she's worried her papa will find out. And that Mr. Dorson won't won't want her. She's not a virgin. Oh, Lord. Give me strength. <laughs> oh, Melora. <laughs> uh, so Silas has to snap her out of this trance that she's in. And then it starts raining. So Silas takes Lainey home and they have dinner. And beans. As si- <laughs> which is just beans. Every day that's all Lainey cooks is beans. And everyone's like, Lainey, you're such a good cook. And she's like, thank you. I just have a way with the beans. <laughs> 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 so 
So they're having dinner and Lainey's like, wow, I am really into Silas because he likes my cooking and he is just the most handsome and most interesting person I have ever met. And that is probably a direct quote from the book. I think this is- the most handsome, most interesting, most nicest. I think this might also be a good time to drop the fact that Lainey is 19 and Silas is significantly older, although we're not given He's an like age. in his 30s, I feel I like. feel like, yeah, 35. Yeah. yeah. So twice her age. Which, again, I feel like it is a good time to reiterate one of the stances that we always hold true on this podcast. Stance number one, slavery is bad. Stance number two, don't fuck teenagers unless you yourself are a teenager. Yes, please. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, those those are the two tenets we live by. Two things this book does wrong. Right. Uh, Lainey also she really wants babies because she's a young fertile woman a fertile woman fertile a fertile woman with a healthy womb aggressively fertile <laughs> you have to stop quoting Nadpod. I know <laughs> uh, I can't help it with this western it's, it's true it slips in there. after Silas leaves Lainey's dad is like, hey, that guy was a wizard. And then he tells Lainey this terrible story about, <laughs> I'm not laughing because it's funny. <laughs> I just did laugh. About how his mother went off to wizard school. She went to Hogwarts. And when she came back, she didn't love the muggles anymore. And so she ditched them. And Lainey's dad hates wizards now and says that Lainey will lose her heart and soul if she goes to, to wizard school. This is a wild setup, though, because number one, Lainey's <laughs> grandmother is a product of one of those out-of-wedlock unions we discussed in which one of the fancy wizards had an affair with... A fancy married wizard had an affair with a slaver servant, and that produced Lainey's grandmother. At that point, is it really an affair, or is it something Yeah, it's not an affair, but it's fine. Um, It's not fine. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's 100%. We just can't get into it. Uh, I think that's our third stance. (laughs) But then, like... (laughs) But then... (laughs) wait is our third stance you can't have an affair with a slave or servant or our third stance is you we just can't get into it because no it, i think it should yeah well one no an affair with a slave or servant is an affair because the power dynamics are bad yeah yeah we need to come up with a pithy way of saying that anyway i didn't want to say the r word yeah that wasn't this episode <laughs> uh, um I, mean, I guess it kind of, there were threats whatever yes anyway, there were go. uh but in addition to all of that, like Lainey's grandmother was full on married and had kids and then went to wizard school and was like, no, nah, fuck these little kids. <laughs> like, this is so wild. It's I don't understand. OK, first I of need all. I need for like three books from now in this series for it to be Silas and Lainey going back to wizard land and meeting her grandmother and being like, so what happened to What the fuck, man? <laughs> Here's my question, though, about wizard school. Uh-huh. So when do you go to wizard school? Whenever you because feel like it. Lainey's grandma, just like that weird adult student that asks too many questions in class. Listen, or... that's me, and I don't appreciate you putting me on blast like this. <laughs> we want to just move on from this topic and stop bringing it back up. <laughs> or or is there separate adult wizard school? Like, like wizard night like school? Like a GED program for wizards. Like, if, there's, if it, this is a classroom where there are 
35-year-old women and seven-year-old boys. Like, and, and the system in the book states that the school is based off of like perfectionism and humiliation, which again, I, I want the story about the school. Um, and that like breaks people. So like, how is it just like seven-year-olds ganging up on these adult students being like, you're so dumb. You weren't born a wizard like I was. <laughs> Being huge shits about it. I was kind of picturing it as like the wizard school from The Witcher, right? Where like Taseya mm. goes and gathers all the like, yeah, basically adult women, and then they all go to school. And there's a lot of big lesbian vibes, and Taseya and Yennefer mm-hmm. are in love. And I'm not gonna mm-hmm. apologize mm-hmm. for that here on my very own podcast. Um, <laughs> but. I have thought it was like that. Kind, I feel like it's that kind of vibe where you're okay. probably like maybe late teens go there. So it's so not they like this creepy, but it's still pretty creepy. Is there a prep school for young wizards in training? They, pro- I, they probably have to do like just regular school, right? To learn like grammar. I don't know. They, they don't know their books about magic I've already referenced on this podcast. Math is an elective in that world. <laughs> Nobody takes it. <laughs> this is a better world in which first they go to regular school for 12 years, uh-huh. and then they okay. graduate and go to wizard college. Wizard college, where there are adults that ask too many questions. Yes. <laughs> Remind the professor about the homework. And they're trying to finish a, finish a degree in wizardology with a minor in mm-hmm. wizardry and a certificate in witchcraft like you know yes all while ignoring the three children and husband they left behind yes <laughs> oh i just want to go to this magic school it sounds great um where was i in my notes who knows Oh, here I am. Anyway, <laughs> the next big event that happens is Cardin officially declares that they're going up to the mountain to dig where the Ayamat live, mm. and the ranchers all rally to stop him. Shit goes bad real quick, and Silas has to intervene to arrest Cardin in the name of wizard law and take him to jail. But Cardin does some magic that knocks everyone out and he kidnaps Lainey because apparently he knew she was a wizard this whole time and also knew she'd be able to talk to the rocks in the ground and find out where this ore deposit is. Cause I guess Cardin was born somewhere else. So he's not like a wildings wizard. So he doesn't have like mm-hmm. wilding magic with the ground and Lainey does, but like also, yes, as you point out, how did he know this? How did he know she was a wizard? Lainey gets manhandled all the way up to some mountain caves, and she's forced to talk to the spirits in the ore. And by manhandled, you mean threatened with rape multiple times, because that is what happens in this book, which is another Mm -hmm. reason why I had issues with this book. She was handled by men a lot. And everybody's just like, once we're done finding the ore, we'll give you over to the men and they'll do what they want with you. And I'm like, that's not a good incentive for her to help you, number one. Why would she ever do it then? (laughs) This is logically poor. I'm just going to in circles. I promise. (laughs) I'm talking to these rocks. (laughs) She just picks up a rock and she's like, oh, what you have to say, Mr. Rock? Hold it up to your ear. Uh Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Hold on, Carton. Just a minute. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you don't well, say. Well, say hi to your mom for Say me. hi to your mama. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, oh and what did Jolene say then? Okay. <laughs> Jolene. Uh, 
I would just be like, yeah, it's at the bottom of the mountain. There's nothing up here in the mountain. Guess we got to go back to town. It's in town. It's in the town. You know where there is a jail in town? It's in there. And I have to lock you in. That's what the rocks told me. I swear. I swear. That's what they said. So weird. <laughs> um. Anyways, Lainey's like handling all these rocks. The or she finds out because the ore speaks to her that they are like each ore or piece of coal or whatever it is that she's handling. They are like individual souls or something that belong to a collective called the Shkimic. That was beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. I had absolutely never, no idea how to pronounce that, but that sounds I'll never right be as anything. able to pronounce it the same way again. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fluke. Uh, I think I was going Shekmet, but I don't think yeah. that's right. <laughs> well, I highlighted it and asked the Kindle to pronounce it for me just to see what it would say. And it said, S-H Kamek. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's it, Kindle. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Shekmek. 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 <laughs> Add one of those apostrophes in it. It does, it does. So... They want so <laughs> the shikemic shikemic. It has the same like yeah, magical mystical stuff. Magic. The shikemic hate everything that lives in the sun and they want to kill everyone. So they want to use Laney as their vessel so they can they're like you can you can have control of your body but we'll give you our power and in exchange you just have to kill everybody. <laughs> I'd be like yes. I'd be I, like, yeah, okay, thank you. Yes, and I'll I'm start gonna with these men. start. I'm gonna start with these men, and then like ants or something. I don't know. It's gonna yeah, take we'll me a while go to get all there. the ants. <laughs> First, all men, then ants. Yeah, you can't um, say I'm not trying. I've squished so many ants today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on your side. I swear. <laughs> now listen here, Jolene. <laughs> I'm on your side. Uh, but the, the rocks decide they will settle for Cardin because he is, he's not resistant to their power because he doesn't hear anything because he's not a wildling. So he just, he's like, it's just, it's just power. Like power can't talk to you or control you. Power the, can't possibly be bad. There's no sayings about that. <laughs> <laughs> also, by the way, Cardin has like been pulverizing the ore into dust and just like doing lines of <laughs> rocks yes. to enhance his power which he, is gross he needs to calm because down it's, it's the souls of people <laughs> just it's not the souls of people soul. it's the souls of oh <laughs> 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 so after they wake up silas laney's dad and the foreman on the ranch mr dorson all rally together to go after laney in the mountains and so they travel there's a shootout Eventually, with some of the miners, uh, Lainey's dad and the foreman are injured, but then they run into the Ayamot that are like, we'll heal your people, but you need to kill Cardin and bring his body to us, and also we promise not to kill all the settlers for this transgression, if you do so. So, Silas leaves Lainey's dad and Mr. Dorson there, continues on his way up the mountain. So he, he goes up to mountain by himself and he ambushes a few more of the miners and saves Lainey. And this is not really the climax of the book, apparently. <laughs> but essentially what happens is that Silas finds everybody in this mountain cave and he 
does away with the miners, and then he has a magic shootout with Carden and kills him, which makes this. <laughs> How do you say it? Angry, and that causes a cave in. And Silas inhales some of the rock powder to make himself strong enough to create a shield to save them from the rocks, and then he and Lainey make it out of the caves. And then they, and then they fuck. do it. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't care even a little bit, which is very well, unlike me. Apparently, in this magic system, when you deplete your magical reserves, you can restore them the normal way by just eating and sleeping. But it's faster if you restore them by fucking. Which I'm not I'm not opposed to that, and I'm gonna get into that in my recommended reading, but they didn't use it enough in this for me to care. In a book where the in a book where you have these very strict ideas about when a woman can have sex with a man, it was very out of place that fucking was the solution to some problems. Yeah, and it needed to be introduced earlier, right? Like Yes. And they had the opportunity. There were all of those prostitutes back in town. That was like every other woman on the page was like a nameless yes. prostitute. So it could have been brought up then when if he was like, oh, I was almost out of magic. I could take one of so the So I house. had to do some not, fucking. Not even like it sit, like actually do it, but he could say like, oh, I I thought about maybe taking one of the house girls to bed in order to, you know, fix my reserves. But I thought of Lainey's eyes and I just couldn't bring myself to. Because, like, he does have that thought in general about the prostitutes and Lainey. But, like, they could have brought up the fact that it has magical consequences at that point. Instead of, like, just dropping it here at the end, like, and then they (laughs) fuck to get their magic back. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well. You know, as one does. (laughs) <laughs> there's the stereotypical miscommunication here where Lainey thinks that the sex didn't mean anything and she gets all sad about it and Silas is like but I'm a man so I don't get it anyway fast forward a little bit Silas is still in town wrapping up his business and Lainey has been forbidden from leaving the ranch without at least three men with her um, because Pa knows what happens to a wizard in town but Lainey doesn't believe him. So she goes to town by herself anyway. And while there, the townspeople are like, you're a wizard. Now we hate you, even though we've known you your entire life. So we're going to hang you. <laughs> okay. And then Silas steps in and he just like kills half the town. <laughs> he just shoots <laughs> them all and saves Lainey from the gallows and takes her home. Oh whatever (laughs) like he was like he made this big deal he's like i'm not here to hurt you the one you need to be scared of is Cardin because he's the one that's fucking everything up for you guys and then like he just kills half of them yeah it kind of seems like they might be justified in their fear of wizard (laughs) yeah man if one wizard can kill 50 men I don't know how many there were, but it was pretty much every character that was ever mentioned. This is always the problem with using, like, magic as a, like, substitute for dealing with actual, like, prejudice, right? Because this is also a very Western thing, right? Like, I can think of a couple different Western movies where this sort of thing happens, where someone is being taken to be hung or whatever because of a prejudicial reason, and then, like, Mm -hmm. the hero has to save them. Like, that's a trope, right? right? But, like, you can't do it with... doesn't doesn't work if you do it with magic because there's an actual reason for people to be afraid of magic whereas there isn't magic to cut the rope there isn't an actual reason for people to be afraid of like an 
a different race or gender or sexuality. Exactly. Like you can't you can't just swap out magic to be like prejudice is bad because like yes. they have legitimate concerns like that you're going to kill them all with your magic, which is what you did. <laughs> and he makes a whole big deal this entire book about he's like, I'm protecting the plains people. I want these settlers to have a good life and blurby blur. And he's like, but actually, I'm going to kill half of you because <laughs> I, I love this woman. It's very like anytime there's a superhero movie and it's like the superhero is like, I don't kill Batman, um, which I guess Batman really doesn't. But like a lot of times, like I feel like action heroes will be like, we don't kill or whatever. And then, like, they definitely do snap a bunch of hench people's necks, but then they get to, like, the actual villain, and they're like, I'm not like you. I'm not going to kill you. And it's like, you definitely, you definitely did kill some people before this. We just, they had no names, and we didn't stay with them long enough to see that they did die. But the things you did to them would cause a normal human to die, and they were a normal human. So, like, it feels like you do kill, you just don't kill people with names, which in this case was, like, most of the town. Sounds like you want everyone to sign the accords, is what I'm hearing. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, interesting. <laughs> Silas takes Lainey home. We're almost at the end of the book. He basically, he tells her, Hey, I can send you to mage school where you'll be humiliated and turned into this terrible version of yourself. B, I can strip you of your powers and leave you as a shell of a person who your dad has to spoon feed every meal to. Or three, I can take you on as my apprentice, even though that will make me a rogue mage. The people I usually hunt down. Thus not solving any of our problems. Not solving any problems, but we'd be together and you could learn how to use your magic. She's like, all right. After a lot of deliberation, it sounds like my only option is the third one. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you for presenting me all three. And then her dad is like, I can't have my daughter traveling around with a man she ain't married to. So Silas is like, well, let's get married then. And they do. And here's the thing. I like this trope. I really like this trope of this is a lot of my fan fiction is arranged marriage, forced marriage, you know, where you have to get married to someone for some sort of business reason or like, oh, because our parents said so, or oh, like I'm the prince of a country. Right. It's excellent because then like they're already married, so they can already do couple stuff, but there's all of the pining and not knowing if they're in love or not. But this Mm -hmm. book immediately ruins it by having them be like, and I'm in love with you. And I'm like, no, you're not supposed to do that until... 800 words of pining. (laughs) What are we doing? (sighs) So frustrating. Oh, yeah. Assumably, they ride off into the sunset to have adventures elsewhere. But But I will not be reading those adventures because I did not care about this one. I'm sorry. I know. Again, this is like there was stuff that was good about this book, and I'm shitting on it a lot. But it was just the thing. Yeah, I mean, it's a self-published title. So... It needed a sensitivity reader, number one, yes. for several mm-hmm. different things. Um, and it just wasn't to my taste, like, end of the day. Mm-hmm. I think I can get on board with the genre. I didn't... There were there were some things about this book I did find pretty offensive. But then everything else about it was like, there's a lot of potential here, mm. I think, at the end of the day. And it was just a little bit squandered i was just worried going into this genre that it would hit a bunch of 
tropes that I don't like. And it seems and like based on this, it does. Like... Bingo, boingo, here they are. <laughs> but, you know, if we just re- read the vampire one. <laughs> uh, we're debating which one to do next. Uh, I hope it's vampires. <laughs> but it's going to be a while before we get to that. Um, let's talk about real quick our recommended reading for this week. Do you have any books yeah. that you would like to throw out there? Nothing really that pertains to the genre. I <laughs> I uh I know I recommended this to you personally mm. already, but I guess for the podcast, I read Beach Read by Emily Henry. Oh yeah. recently, which is a cute uh rom-com sort of thing about two authors who end up living in lake houses next to each other one is like a romance author and the other is a literary fiction author and they agree to swap genres and each write a book in the other genres kind of a challenge and then they end up falling in love along the way it's very good um i had a lot more depth to it than i was expecting so i was Mm. pleasantly surprised um and then the other thing i recommended to you that i said i was too cowardly to recommend on the podcast i specifically said i'm not gonna tell anybody no, I will, I guess. Um, <laughs> I got like super wrapped up in this interactive fiction story um, that I downloaded on the Google Play Store, but I believe it's on both Google and iOS and on Steam if you would prefer to play it on console. Um, I mean, not on console, on PC, but um, it's an interactive fiction story where you play as a detective in a small town called Wayhaven and then these vampires show up and you can choose one of them to fall in love with and they're all really hot. <laughs> I'm proud of you. <laughs> it's called Layman, and it's really good. Uh, let me find the author's name real quick so I can. Both of those things are on my list to read after you recommended them. Yes, I think I definitely, I definitely need you to read The Way Haven with me because <laughs> I don't want to be the only one. Um, it's written by Mishka Jenkins. I'm, I'm very enjoying it. I think the the writing, the quality of the writing is very good. Um, and there's a lot of like different branches and stuff you can take, and the very very close attention paid to the fact that it is interactive fiction and not just like a choose your own adventure sort of thing. But anyway, yeah. what about you? Um, I read this week, uh, kind of like this book, a high concept, but primarily romance driven book mm-hmm. um, called Salt Magic Skin Magic by Lee Welch, which is about... Mm-hmm the son of an earl whose father has worked some sort of magic on him to confine him to their estate and he can't escape. Um, but a man arrives who is, uh, who has been contracted, I guess, by the earl's new wife to come like investigate the goings on. And the two of them try to uncover the mystery of what's happened and why he's stuck there and also are mad horny for each other. And there's a lot of fun magic stuff in terms of like, I liked the magic system. It's like a very industrial age. Like the main guy is like a magician who works. He's like a materials magician. So his magic is done through like salt and iron and stuff like that. And then, yeah, like the, uh, they also have like a sex magic element to it, which, (laughs) which is a much purchase. Much better implemented in this in that it is explained early in the book and not just like when it is convenient to the plot. Um, So it's not. It's only $3 on Kindle. I will buy it. It was a quick read. It was fun. Um, 
The cover is a little ugly. It's not a great cover, but it's very <laughs> it's horny. So yes, it looks like it just it looks like there is sex in this book mm-hmm. just based on the cover, but it's not an attractive cover. So take from that what you will. But I thought the plot was also like really good and interesting. Um, interesting, interesting. Uh, yeah. So that's my pick for this week. I'm yeah. I'm gonna read that. Yeah, so thank you, thank you, James, for bringing this uh, unit to us. Um, I'm sorry we didn't like this first book more. I hope we weren't too offensive, but uh, <laughs> I, I personally, me, Anna, can speak only for myself in saying that I'm very much looking forward to reading the book about the vampires, if Em will let me. And I am worried that James has brought this unit specifically to torture me, and I don't know what I did to James to make him think that that was what he wanted to do with his time. I'm sorry for whatever I did to you, James. Oh, <laughs> uh, I... I don't know. I was gonna save it for the next book in this unit, but I don't know when we'll when we'll read it, and I'll probably have forgotten by then. But like in my research about this genre, because we were looking for like a really early example of it to bring to the table, maybe. <laughs> but there apparently is a character called what was it the the six. I can't <laughs> believe you're bringing this up. I am gonna because it delighted me, and Em was like, "This is stupid as hell." We are an hour and 20 minutes into this recording i'm going to find this oh shit okay this the six gun gorilla who was an actual gorilla who straps on a pair of colts to avenge the death of the kindly prospector who has raised him could you not want to read that book oh anna Written in the 1950s, I'm sure there's no problems with it whatsoever. Absolutely not. With the six-gun gorilla, um, a real gorilla, a real Marco. Oh, God. Um, okay, speaking of Marco, next week we are going to be covering... <laughs> I will change the subject. <laughs> we just, we have to wrap it up. All right, so next week, speaking of Marco, we will be doing another Morph Monday with Animorphs number 26, The Attack. Uh, the week after that, I believe we will be back with my current unit, which is horror yes. novels. So, Anna, what is our second book going to be for the horror novel unit? Well, I have, um, I know what author I want to read, and this, and the book depends on wh- if you've read um, this book and or consumed it in another way. Okay. So, for the second book in your haunted house unit um you know i didn't i there's a lot of choices you could pick here um and i thought about going way far back Mm. but i was like i don't want to read anything written by a man so (laughs) we're gonna read a shirley jackson book okay uh and you may you may have watched this mini series on netflix or is it a regular style series but uh, we're going to read The Haunting of Hill House Ooh, uh, yeah. by Shirley Jackson. I haven't watched that on Netflix. A quintessential haunted house book. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm glad. I haven't watched I have seen, I think I've seen the, isn't there a movie version with Owen Wilson in it like from a long time ago? That is entirely possible, but I do not know. <laughs> I think it's exactly what's on the tin. There is a house on a hill. And it's haunted. And it's haunted. Fantastic. <laughs> exactly what the doctor ordered. Yes. <laughs> I hope it's spooky. I hope so too. Um yeah, so in the meantime, if you have a book, Slavician, you would like us to read a book you think we'll love, a book you think we'll hate, a whole unit even. If you wanna if you wanna go so far as James did, 
It was. I'm. You know what? I'm excited for. I don't care what you say. I'm down <laughs> on it. I just. I'm really excited about weird westerns. Look, we all know uh, I'm the villain of this podcast, and I have to bring that energy. <laughs> honestly, though, honestly, you know, don't don't let our don't don't let our ne- don't let our negative feelings about this book dissuade you from sending us more submissions unless you specifically want us to hate a book you're lawful good and i'm chaotic evil and that's the vibe we bring (laughs) man i wish i wasn't lawful good that makes me seem like a nerd um you can email us shelfawarecast at gmail.com or tweet at us at shelfawarecast i said it weird because it was out of order i usually do the twitter first um, as always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. We are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should because I <laughs> apparently I'm just a nerd. So I'm just going to ask you, please pay attention <laughs> to us. <laughs> if you use Apple Podcasts, we very much appreciate a five-star review. But if you do not, that's okay because you're allowed to talk about us anywhere on the internet you would like. In the words of Kira Kyra Halland, Banfrey hugged his daughter. What happened, Laney girl? They tried to hang me. Banfrey pulled back and examined the red marks the noose had left on Laney's neck. Don't know what else you expected, baby girl. Running off alone to town like that when everyone knows you're you're a wizard. That is such victim-blaming bullshit, and we didn't Honestly. talk about it, but I hate her dad so much. A whole town tried to kill your daughter, and you're just like, well, girl, should have listened to the men in your life. Shouldn't have worn that short skirt. (laughs) What a dick, Dad. Just leave him. Don't feel bad about it. Leave him. Let the ranch be handed off to whoever. Don't even care. Let the the shkmet control your body and kill them all. (laughs) (laughs) The ayamat can come and reclaim your ranch, I guess. I don't know. All right, let's do this. Let's do this episode. <laughs> let's do this episode. Of the Hades podcast. Of the Hades <laughs> podcast, where we talk about how horny Hades is. Um, Very. <laughs> the beautiful men. <laughs> beautiful men, beautiful women, just beautiful everything. Everyone's yes. beautiful and Why, You horny. didn't have to do this to us, Hades. You really didn't. <laughs> Come on. But I mean, did. it's it really, of the games that exist, that like it seems like it was designed for me a person mm. who is not a gamer like <laughs> we have to lure her in and i'm like that's i'm buying this game i need it <laughs> hades the game for all the bisexuals out there <laughs> nobody else 